Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Thursday, December 29th, 2022. And as always, it's brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, today, you and I discussed this yesterday. Today is not a good food day. No, no, I'm not on board with this one for sure. It's National Pepper Pots Day. So when I originally saw that you put this on the sheet, I thought it was the pepper pots from the Iron Man stuff. <laughs> uh, and I was like, that's odd. Usually we go with food, but that's fine. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And then we looked it up and it is some like dish of a soup, I believe. Yeah, soup. And it's no, Mm-mm. no, I'm not, I'm not in. No, uh-uh. I, I just don't like soup. I, I'm just not a big fan of soup. I don't want to drink my meals. I, I just, I can't get down with soup. Fair enough. Especially I, not this one. I get that. I, I like some soup. I, I really do. Um, when it comes to this, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, I can't do it. Yeah. No, me either. I and mean, if you're going to have soup, if you're going to serve me soup at a meal... You got to have something with it, right? Like you got to have some bread or like a uh, grilled cheese or something that actually has some sustenance. You can't just expect my giant body to run off a soup. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no-go. That's a no-go for me. I'm out. Uh, Hawks fell last night, 108 to 107 to the Nets. And Bryce, I, I'm going to tell you, man, I watched the majority of this game and I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah, you should be. And that, that seems weird, losing by one with a lot of our starters out. But, yeah, you you are yeah, completely right. Uh, Trey was out. Uh, CC was out. And uh, Hunter was out. Was out. Yep. And we still lost only by one. But I'm telling you, we were the better team last night. A thousand percent lost. And we played fantastic defense. Like majority of the game and then midway through the third quarter in the fourth and all the fourth our defense just went to absolute crap it was, and in the was third awful. quarter we couldn't buy a shot like we could yeah. not hit a single shot in the third quarter that's absolutely true I, I i think we went like six for 900 in the third quarter it was terrible <laughs> yeah it was it was rough uh, Deontay Murray, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. He was stellar all night. Uh, John Collins, 21 points, 8 rebounds. Go ahead. Murray looked locked in last night on defense. The night before yeah. against the Pacers, Murray looked very, like, lackadaisical or something. I don't know. He wasn't. But last night, he looked very, very locked in. Double O, 18 points, 13 rebounds. When CC's out, that's the kind of point line, point line I need from you. I love the aggressiveness that he showed last night in the paint on the offensive side of the ball. He, he wasn't settling for jump shots or falling away from the basket. I mean, he was he was aggressively going to the basket every time he got the ball in the paint. That was that was great to see. 
Ogi and Jalen Johnson combined for 28 points off the bench, which sounds okay. But you have to understand something. Jalen Johnson had 12 points off the bench in the first half. Yeah. So what happened? You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? I, the only thing I can think of is the lack of depth last night hurt us uh, because we ran with a small rotation. I, I think we only had like four players come off the bench. So, you know, that that's really the only thing I can think of is that we sort of spent our, you know, I don't know, energy, I guess you could say, in, in the first half. I, I knew it was going to be a tough game. Not only do you have three starters out, but you also have that's three less people you have in your bench rotation. So I, I don't know. That's the only explanation I have for that, Billy. But I don't even know if that's a good explanation, honestly. Aaron Holiday played his tail off last night. He played lights I was, out. I was really impressed with him. Uh, the Hawks shot 68% from the charity stripe, which is not good. That's it's abysmal. Not good. Absolutely abysmal. And A.J. Griffin played absolutely awful last night. He That was one of the worst games I think I've seen A.J. Griffin play in his rookie campaign. It was... It was bad. It was a rookie. It was a rookie outing that you throw away in the trash. He had he had a couple of good uh, assists last night that I was really impressed with. But outside of that, no, you're yeah, right. It was terrible. Aaron Holiday was my, you know, probably player of the game. I know he only had ten points, but he had some he had some huge shots. He played great defense. He really impressed me last night. The Hawks, as we mentioned, had the lead going into halftime, but blew it in the third with a seventeen point. Uh, 17 points on some atrocious shooting. But like you said, I'm not even sure atrocious shooting is really the term. It, it, nothing just fell. No. You know, it, it was just one of those moments that there was a lid over the, the uh, hoop that just nothing fell. It, it was, I, there, was one, uh, there was one shot. I don't know if you, you remember this, Bryce. Did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Do you remember the one shot that John Collins broke to the basket and had an absolutely beautiful move. And I swear to you, that ball went all the way down into the hoop and then came right back out. I thought somebody punched it out. I thought <laughs> I thought it hit something after it went through. Yeah, because it no, went it through. Rolled, it rolled around and into the net and then rolled right back out. I was like, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> I, I legit, when that happened, I thought somebody hit it from uh, under the net and they were going to call a uh, defensive goaltending on it. And here is uh, here's some offensive stats for you from the third quarter. Billy. 17 points. We were seven for 21 on twos, 0 for six on threes, and three for seven on three free throws. We only had two turnovers, but Dear Lord. You, you can't win a game shooting like that. No, you can't. Uh, had a chance to win the game at the end, but Nate McMillan forgot he was coaching. Uh, didn't call a timeout, and, and Murray was forced to jack up a contested three, which, by the way, um, Bogey was wide ass open. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Bogey was shooting really well last night. Yeah, yeah, he was. He had confidence. He had some confidence in some of those shots, dude. Did you see him pull up from the timeline a couple times? Yes. That was he pretty did. awesome. Um, so something I was going to bring up to you this morning. Last night I was perusing uh, Reddit and uh, there's, I swear to you, there was probably about three or four Reddit posts that said fire Nate McMillan. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that many this year, but last night was bad. It was terrible. It was awful. And and McMillan said after the game, he said, talking about the Nets, he said, they're scrambling. They're trying to find a man. Sometimes you can find an open guy in transition like that and get a good look. 
sometimes a better look than if you draw up a play. I, I guess because Bogey was open, we didn't find him. But I guess he's sort of right. But how many times in the NBA, Billy, do you see the game-winning shot and the coach doesn't call a timeout? I mean, never. That never happens. You, you call a timeout, you draw up a play, and this this just goes back to Nate McMillan's ineptitude on offense. He's not a good offensive coach. <laughs> I mean, we don't run any offensive sets, and it it's it's been like this ever since he's here. Great defensive coach, fantastic defensive coach, but offensively, the guy has no originality and and it has no idea what he's doing. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm in the camp of fire Nate McMillan. I think he's done a lot of good things with Atlanta, but if this becomes a trend even more so this season, like you have to, right? I mean, this, this team is an offensive team. You you have to get rid of them. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that his seat is getting hot right now. Um, there's, this team is too talented and I, I truly believe that. I mean, Bryce, you even said this, you've said this multiple times this year that you were really impressed with this Hawks team. Um, this it's just too talented for this team to keep doing what what's happening. So I I don't know I don't know if firing the coach will work. I mean it did last time. Let's let's not forget yeah. what the last time we fired the coach. Yeah, I mean Nate Nate got us to the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, and, and it's I, I don't uh, yeah uh, this team is too talented to be in the position that they are and especially last night's a game you have to win you're out three starters and you have a chance to win the game at the end you, you got to get a better look than that all right it is thursday but uh we haven't had a chance to do this earlier this week let's get to the nfl power rankings and we have two weeks left to go bryce and I've, I've got uh the same five that i had two weeks ago okay did this but in different order okay hit me with it what you got I've got Bills one. Uh, Bills just continue to win. They continue to look good. I've got okay. Bengals two. And Bengals are looking just really stout, man. Really good. The only thing that worries me is they're running out of offensive linemen again, um, which isn't good for Joey B. Yeah, they're going to have to have open tryouts, man. Every single game, I feel like they have another guy go down. There's talk about Andrew Whitworth coming back. <laughs> oh, the law firm. Uh, then I've got Chiefs at three. Okay. They continue to win. Uh, Cowboys four, Eagles five. All right. All right. I have, uh, I have, I have something similar, but Billy, something that's sort of surprising. You're number one. I don't even have in my top five. Wow. So number one, I have the Chiefs. I think they are the undisputed best team in football right now. The offensive rolling, the defense looks good. Uh, I, I think they're the best team in football. Number two, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the Chiefs and Bengals, and whoever wins that game is going to win the Super Bowl. I think those two teams will meet probably in the AFC Championship if the seeding matches up for it like that. But I, I think the I think the Super Bowl right now is down to the Bengals and the Chiefs. Yeah. At number three, I have my Cowboys. They are playing really well right now defense looks fantastic offense is inconsistently good uh Dak is Dak has scared me a lot the past two games because of the the interceptions and the inconsistent throwing and stuff like that uh but I believe that team is good enough to get to the Super Bowl now I'm not saying they will but they are good enough they are talented enough to get to the Super Bowl 
At number four, I have the 49ers. 49ers they, are it's for me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. They're, they're that good, man. They really are. That, that defense is absurdly good. I, it, it is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, and I think the offense is just good enough to, to score enough points to complement the defense of the 49ers. The 49ers oh. have the best, fastest, most physical defense in the NFL. Well, let's not forget, too. I think, it co- was it a couple weeks ago we did the um, buy or sell on on the NFL? And you yeah. asked me if Brock Purdy can get him to an NFC championship. And I was like, yep. yes, this defense is that good. It's, it's yep. It reminds me of that Denver defense that took Tebow um, deep into the playoffs. So, yeah, that's that's what this kind of reminds me of. Brock Purdy made yeah, a setup quarterback. Huh? I said, yeah, it's it's like the same setup that yeah. Debo and the Broncos had. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, the Broncos yeah. defense was was stellar, and that's the only reason they got into the second round of the playoffs. So, and the good thing about the 49ers offense as well is they got run CMC, so they can control tempo and time of possession and stuff as well. So, yeah. that that complements the defense even more. Uh, and at number five, I have the Eagles. I think that Eagles Cowboys game this weekend probably would have been a little bit different had Jalen Hurts been at quarterback. But Gardner Minshew played really really well this weekend. So. Eight. And Jalen Hurts doesn't play defense, so he wouldn't have been able to stop the Cowboys putting up 40. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my uh, – so my top five is Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. And Billy's top five is Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Eagles. We both have the Eagles at five. Yeah. And, Bengal- and the Bengals at two. That's pretty cool. That's neat. Uh, Billy, as, as you know, as I know, as our listening audience knows, big game this Saturday, 31st, 8 p.m., at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, I was going to say TCU, Michigan? I mean, that's, you know, I think at least three or four people are going to watch that. So, <laughs> you know, big ratings up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's UGA, Ohio State, two of the most storied programs in college football history. This is a matchup, honestly, that has been brewing for the past decade. Uh, the fact that this is only the second time these two college powerhouses have met is quite shocking to me. You, you would think these two teams would get paired up a lot more than they do, but this will only be the second time ever that uh, that they matched up. And yesterday, man, there were so many press conferences going around and people doing clips and saying stuff. The one that I liked the most and the one that I paid attention to the most was the Will Muschamp interview, just because Chaz Chambliss was there, local kid, uh, and Small was there as well. He's from Paulden County. So uh, that's the one I listened to, and I pulled a, I pulled a couple clips uh, from Will Muschamp and also pulled one from Chris Smith, a DB for, for Georgia. Um, and, and this this first clip, this is Will Muschamp on sharing uh, D.C. duties with Glenn Schumann. It's been outstanding. <clears throat> you know, Glenn's done a phenomenal job this year, uh, does a great job relating with our players, uh, sending the message through our head football coach to our players. You know, the expectation doesn't change, and I'm really proud of these guys sitting with me today and how they've approached this season of what we, you know, you know, perceivably lost last year. You know, the guys that we lost on our on our on our defense and how these guys have handled this year. But Glenn's done an outstanding job. He's a really good football coach. Uh, we, you know, take turns as far as the installation process is concerned. Uh, but but there's a lot of voices in the defensive room, starting with Coach Smart, myself, and uh, we have an outstanding defensive staff. So it's not. Uh, anybody running a one-man show it's a lot of people involved in what we're trying to do and and and, and obviously the expectation we understand on defense at georgia to be to be elite and that's uh that that's what our goal is at all times and we all understand that you leave your egos on the shelf and 
understand what you've got to do and what your role is in the organization to be successful. So that's that, interesting to me, um, partially because just, you know how I like listening to certain things that people say. And right. the fact that he said um, it starts with Coach Smart and me, that made me think that Schumann is just an absolute figurehead. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Coach Smart is one of the smartest minds on, on defense in, in the nation. But when you say it starts with Smart and me, that's that means that Schumann has not really had that much, you know, approach to this. I mean, you might be right. Schumann's he's a younger guy. He's 32, but he's from Valdosta, Georgia. But he's a five-time national championship winner. And you're not going to throw that away. I mean, he's a young guy. He's coached at he coached at Alabama for a long time. He's he's been at Georgia since 2016. Uh, you know, yeah, you might you might be right, but honestly, if I'm Schumann and I and Schumann and I got five national championships under my belt, I, I'm not taking advice from Will Muschamp. I think Will Muschamp might be a fan, fantastic DC, might be DC, uh, you know, of the year. Uh, but I'm I'm not taking second fiddle to anybody unless it's Kirby smart. But, but I mean, you look at that defensive room and you got, you got Schumann in there. You got Will Muschamp in there. You got uh, Kirby smart in there. That's, that's insane, man. That is, that is a crazy, crazy list of coaches coaching a defense that is probably the best in the country this year. You would say. Yeah, it would be hard to argue, especially considering and, you know, you try to take away, you try not to take away or think about last year or or whatever. You're just trying to look into the bubble of 2022. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's hard to argue that this defense isn't as good. Well, it's not as good. It's not as deep as it's not as as strong as it was last year, but it's still For sure. pretty daggum good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and this is Will Muschamp, but if he saw himself, you know, he was an analyst. He got the analyst job. He was. A strategical analyst with Georgia. Uh, and this is Muschamp, you know, talking about he, he saw his uh, his role from analyst to co-DC in, in the span of a couple months. Whether you're the head coach or the coordinator or position coach or an analyst, do the best job in the job that you have in your role in the organization. And Coach Smart does a great job of identifying what your job is. And this is your job description and do it at a high level and then let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, for some unfortunate circumstances, I ended up being on the field last year and uh, do the best job you can with the job you have. That's about as coach speak as you can get right there. Yeah. Yeah. And let's that's, not forget. Us. Let's not forget the DC from last year. He's coaching Oregon, so I mean, we're still pretty damn, damn good. Yeah, yeah, still pretty good. Uh, and and the fact that he went, I mean, Will Muschamp, like I said, might be DC of the year. But um, you think he, does he get a does he get another head coaching chance after this? You think? I don't think he wants one. Honestly, I think right now, I think he's comfortable being the the DC for Kirby and would love to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again with him. If Georgia wins the national championship this year, again, back-to-back, I think Muschamp's gone. I think Muschamp gets a head coaching position somewhere. I don't know where, but I think he gets a head coaching position somewhere. There's not another one that I would want to move him to right now. but Yeah, yeah, probably not, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, his ambition wants to prove that he's actually a good head coach and get back into it. Uh, here's Will Muschamp on what makes uh, what, what's the most impressive thing 
he's seen in C.J. Stroud's game so far in film study? You know, he's an elite passer. I mean, that's the first thing that jumps out. He can make all the throws. He puts the balls in, in, in catchable areas where a lot of, you know, just don't have that talent to do that. A lot of people don't have that talent to do that, and he certainly can. I think it was Michigan State two years ago. He takes a, a zone read 70 yards for a touchdown against Northwestern this past year, 530 left to go in the game. Designed quarterback run out the backside. So he has legs. Uh, athleticism to evade in the rush, create off-rhythm plays, which is obviously uh, very difficult to defend. But the, but the number one thing that jumps off the film is, is his ability to throw the football. Kirby Smart oh. mentioned earlier in the week that how he recruited CJ, yep. and CJ also mentioned that he that Georgia was number two. Um, that if he didn't go to Ohio State, he was going to Georgia. So. It was. It's kind of poetic that that's how this works out. That you know, Ohio State's playing Georgia this year um, with CJ at, at quarterback. But I, I like what he basically described with CJ, um, only because of my fandom. But at the same time, I as a if you're a Georgia fan, you need to be excited, and partially because. Muschamp just reminded me of Nathan Horsley right there and the fact that he said with 530 left to go he he did this he's locked in he knows exactly what CJ Stroud has done he knows exactly what this offense has done they've had plenty of time to watch this offense Georgia's Georgia's going to beat the pants off Ohio State on Saturday yeah Georgia fans I know I know Muschamp said something there about CJ Stroud being able to run I don't don't worry about CJ Stroud no. CJ Stroud's not going to run the ball. He doesn't want if to. CJ Stroud, if no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to scramble. He doesn't. He does, he, he's not going to do it. If he finishes his game with more than ten rushing yards, I'll be shocked. Agreed. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. Agreed. Yeah, uh, and here's Chris Smith talking about if UGA has faced wide receivers like Ohio State will bring to the table Saturday night. Uh, I would probably compare him to uh, actually the last game we played. Uh, LSU had a lot of great receivers as well as Ohio State. And uh, they all bring different ga- things to the game as wide receivers, but they're all special talents at the end of the day and uh, something that we have to be able to account for and focus on. Coach speak. And LSU had some success with those wide receivers. That was that was a thousand percent coach speak. Um, yeah. LSU didn't have the wide receivers that Ohio State does. No. Let's point no, that out absolutely. right now. Absolutely not. Uh, but they did have some success with, yeah. with those wide receivers. But it was also I mean, in garbage time, too. Yeah, not all of it. I mean, some of it was in the second half when the game the game wasn't in question, but it wasn't all in garbage time. Yep. Uh, I don't I don't think anybody had the illusion that LSU was going to come back and win that game. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean they were they were certainly uh, they were certainly going to lose that game. But yeah, so so we'll see. We'll we'll give final score predictions uh, tomorrow on uh, on the morning five when we break down the uh, the Peach Bowl game. So I'm excited for that, man. I'm excited for this matchup. I'm excited to be in the building. Uh, I'm excited to see what both of these teams bring to the table. Yeah, I hope to be in the building. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll be in the building. I, I should be there. We'll see. Uh, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last night, Billy. A lot of green on here. Uh, Central falls to Mill Creek last night, 57 to 40. Heard, this is the girls' scores. Uh, Heard played Pike. I- I'm pretty sure Heard won. Sure Heard played Pike. Uh, this, it's, they played Northgate. Oh, they played. I thought that was the boys that played Northgate. I'm looking at the, the girls, girls on varsity. They played Northgate. 
and they okay. So the girls played 32. the girls played Northgate, and the boys played Pike. Um, and I'm pretty sure the boys won last night, but I couldn't yeah. I couldn't find a score for the boys. Uh, right. So the girls won 52 to 32 against last Northgate, night. Yes, against Northgate. Gotcha. Uh, Temple girls beat Rockmart 56 to 46. McKenna Nix had 30 points. Here Anna Howell had 11 points. Scotland uh, McCoy oh. had five points. How many how many games is that now with McKenna Nix over 30 points? I'm That's not, like four or five, right? I'm not sure she's hit that many. I know that she's gotten close. I'm not sh- trying to remember, and we'll have to go back, but I know it's been at least one. She had 31 points one time, right? Yeah, I think she had 31. Didn't she hit 32 or 33 at one point? I don't know, man. Um, I right feel now. like she has gone right now, over 30. Up. And let's not forget, she's is she a sophomore or junior this year? Sophomore, I believe. I'm pretty sure she is a sophomore. That's just ridiculous. Uh, I'm trying to go back to Corey Nix's Facebook to see where he... I know he posted some some stats of her, uh, of her games. Let's see. She scored... That's an assist game. I don't know. She's scoring a lot though. Um, Carrollton girls beat Cedar Shoals last night, forty-eight to nineteen. And Harrelson County played Piedmont, and we do not have a score from that game. Uh, the Herd County boys—they played last night. And Herd County—they the boys played Pike, right? Yeah, Pike County. I got those two mixed up. I think the Herd County boys won last night. The last update I saw was that they were ahead at halftime, uh, but I don't have a final score for it, and I couldn't find it online anywhere uh the central boys beat new faith christian academy 60 to 52 jay harden had 15 points nine rebounds messiah boykin 14 points seven rebounds five assists isaiah west had 11 points six rebounds seven assists and Kayvon cochran had eight points five rebounds three steals and two assists harrelson county last night played bowden the boys also don't have a score for that one uh, Temple beat Rockmart 52 to 44, and the Carrollton boys beat South Gwinnett 58 to 52. On the Stumpet Games in a county, because I believe they, I saw Temple's playing Bowden today. I think. Yeah, and some of these some of these tournaments like are predetermined who you're going to play. Like it's not it's not a bracket like Heard County already knew who they were all, all three of their opponents they were going to play in their in their tournament before the bracket even came out i was like that's kind of odd it's weird so yeah, yeah very weird uh on the stump at games and events calendar for tonight in girls basketball central takes on uh jackson county herd county is taking on the girls let's see do you remember who the girls are taking on off the top of your head for the girls on herd county uh no i don't i don't i don't remember either hold on I will find out. Where's my Hurt County tab? I got 35 tabs open trying to figure out who plays uh, who plays who and when tonight. I know the Hurt County boys play D.C. I think the girls play South Paulding. Is that right? Does that sound sounds right? right. Uh, yes, the girl, the Hurt County girls will take on South Paulding tonight. They're still run away. Uh, they should. Absolutely, they should. A nine team right now. <laughs> yes. I, you know what? I'm you know what? I'm looking at the schedule at Hurt County not to jump ahead. But I'm looking at this Heard County girls schedule, and do you know who they play Saturday the seventh? Who? New Manchester. Ooh. That New Manchester girls squad is really good. They've already beaten Carrollton. Uh, I, I'm I'm very very excited for that game. 
Uh, Temple is at Piedmont Hilburn. I don't believe we have Temple's uh, girls opponent yet for today. They're at I think that. Right? Uh, I think they maybe no. They're. I think the girls one is still up in question. Let me see if they've updated it. Do. Why is this not working? Temple girls right. play Piedmont. Yes, the uh, Temple girls play Piedmont. Um, Harrelson County is at the Rockmart Hilburn Patterson Christmas Tournament. We're not sure who they play yet. They're at. Uh, do what? They're at Rockmart. They're at okay. the Hilburn Patterson Christmas Tournament playing Rockmart. Well, we're gonna have to take away the the tournament stuff. That's that's <laughs> so confusing. I'm like, why is this on here? Nobody cares what tournament it is. Uh, uh, the boys basketball herd uh, plays DC at the Herd County Holiday Classic. Central is playing Kahula Creek. Temple is at, let's see, in the Temple boys opponent still has not been announced. I checked that this morning. Yeah, uh, Carrollton is playing Buford. That'll be fun. That'll be a fun game. Should be very fun. Yeah. Should uh, be. That's so, a, a, two, two opponents that are not, um, that, that know each other quite well. Really quick. Uh, the Stumpet Games events calendar. Um, our thanks to uh, Tim Horsley, uh, who has been sponsoring us uh, on the Stumpet Games and Events calendar for months and months and months. And we can't thank you enough. Tim is moving on. Uh, we we are losing Stumpet as a, as a sponsor starting uh, January 1, but we have picked one up. So we will, up, we will update you guys that on next Monday. Billy, you ready for another cup of coffee? Dude, I need another freaking cup of coffee. Let's do it. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. The Raiders benched Derek Carr yesterday, Billy. And then right after they benched him, the quarterback stepped away from the team to avoid distraction in his own words. Hello, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, him and Marcus are going to go on a holiday beach retreat somewhere and enjoy the offseason a couple weeks early. Uh, it's crazy because, Ray- I mean, dude, Derek Carr last year was an MVP candidate like halfway through the season, and now he's being benched for Jared Stidham. Yeah. yeah. What the hell kind of bizarro world are we living in? I don't know. That's nuts, man. Uh, there was a scuffle last night in the Pistons Magic game, and it led to three players being ejected. Did you, did you get to see this? these highlights from the game, Billy? No, but why am I not surprised that there's a scuffle in the Pistons game? I, you know, it's it's weird. The scuffles usually don't happen in the Pistons game. I don't think I have ever heard of the Pistons getting into scuffles. That's It was it was pretty crazy. You ought, to, you ought to take a peek at it to get a chance today. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, well, Broncos Russell Wilson said he wished he would have played better for Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I'm sure you did, buddy. I can't stand that guy. I can't stand Russell Wilson, man. <laughs> I, I I cannot stand that guy. He's so fake, man. He's so plastic. Like everything he says is just scripted, written crap. Like there's no real emotion coming out of Russell Wilson. That's right. Oh, dude, that's Mr. Bad. Unlimited. I, I cannot stand that guy, dude. I hate Russell Wilson. I absolutely hate Russell Wilson. Well, I think I might hate that's Russell that's Wilson more than Tom Brady. Yeah, I can't stand that guy. Uh, Arkansas apparently got lucky at the end of the Liberty Bowl last night. Tops Kansas in triple overtime. Uh, they stopped Kansas on the two-point conversion in a game that I caught 
bits and pieces of because I was dozing off to sleep when this game was getting into the final overtimes. It was a fun game, man. Yeah. I, I was a it was it was a fun back and forth game, fifty five to fifty three. It was more like a basketball Kansas score. Down like twenty four points. They were, yeah. Arkansas was up twenty four to nothing in the first quarter. It's just nuts. Yeah, Kansas came back. Kansas scored. I think Kansas scored close to twenty points in the fourth quarter. Real, real choke job. Real up and down. Real up and down emotions for Arkansas fans. On uh, the Braves acquire reliever Lucas Lutug. How do you say his last name? I'm I'm, I'm looking that up. Uh, the good thing about baseball reference is they actually have like um, pronunciation guides for their. We're gonna go with Lutuge. Uh, Lucas Lutage, a receiver or a receiver, a reliever from the Yankees for two minor league players. Lucas Licky. Lucas Licky. There's no way, th- <laughs> folks, this name is spelled L U E T G. There's no way that is pronounced Licky. <laughs> Look it up, man. I, I literally Ooh. just did it. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> His new name on this podcast will be Lutage. It will be Lucas Lutage. Uh, but they were they they got him. Uh, Billy, what's his baseball reference stats look like? Is this guy going to be good? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a career he's a career two point two WAR. He's eleven oh, eleven, God. and he's a he's a three thirty eight ERA career. Okay, so possibly an innings eater. eater maybe? Yeah, he'll he'll be okay. okay. Like he's he'll be a good lefty out of the out of uh, out of the pen. So. Uh, the Braves okay. also acquired Eli White, an outfielder Ooh. from the Texas Rangers, in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, to make room for the 40-man roster, the club designated infielder Hoy Park for assignments. I've never heard of any of those people, so that's awesome. Uh, and Billy, on this day in 2007, Tom Brady sets the then-NFL record for throwing his 50th touchdown pass, and the New England Patriots become the first team in NFL history to finish the regular season. 16 and 0. Yeah. So congratulations to Tom Brady. Just a fantastic human being and a great football player. You know anything else? Nah, man, I'm good. Let's get out of here on a today's Thursday. Yeah, you want to say today's day. Wednesday. <laughs> and I yeah. heard it coming out. I was like, <laughs> today is not hump day. Today is a thirsty Thursday, and I'll be headed down to Herd Cana after I get off work today. That's right. You're calling a game. Yeah, I got the uh, I got the girls game versus South Paulding and then the boys game versus Douglas County. Uh, and then I also have the games tomorrow night. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head who heard plays. So wait, let me get uh, this straight. You're calling two games tonight for hometown sports. You're calling yes. two games tomorrow for hometown sports. Uh-huh. And then Saturday, you're going to get to watch the Georgia Ohio State game at the Peach Bowl. That is correct. From the Peach Bowl. Yes, indeed. From inside the stadium. So here's here's my final question, and then we'll get out of here on this. Are you going to do play by play, like sitting in the stands next to me? Because I would, I don't know if I could do that, handle that. There's there's no way. I can't. I won't be able to do play by play because I'll be seeing 44 people on the field instead of 22. (laughs) So no, I will be. You know, I'll be seeing two C.J. Strouds and two Darnell Washingtons. Slightly, just a bit, just a bit. I'll, I'll have a good time, you know. I, you know, it's not like we're, it's not like we plan on getting there at 11 a.m. in the morning. We're, you know, we're gonna get there at noon. Uh, you know, tailgate for a responsible seven hours. We need, um, we need that rain to pull out early. Nah, whatever. We'll tailgate in the rain. It's not that bad. 
it's not going to be cold rain, at least. It's going to be in the mid-60s. That's true. And we'll have a bunch of tents. I think we got like four or five tents that we're taking down there. All right. Yeah, we'll be good. That's it for the morning five for Tuesday, uh, December 29th. Bryce Barling, I'm Billy Lindahl. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs>